This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Kevin White comes up there and he calls me a goat. I was glad he didn't call me a donkey, you know, but... uh, uh, And then it's not about having a run next year. It's about having a finish, just so we're... On the, on the same on the same wavelength. That's Mike Krzyzewski today, of course. Big press conference. Uh, confirming the big news that next season will be his last. The Hall of Famer stepping down. Another Hall of Famer here uh, to join us to discuss that and so much more. Always a pleasure to welcome in Syracuse head coach Jim Beheim to the program. Coach, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for coming on as always. And, man, there is so much we could discuss with Mike Krzyzewski, but here's where I wanted to start. He, through the years, like you can't really pin down a system or a style. He has adjusted and adapted to his team almost as well as anybody through the years. I would imagine, as you've noted, that made him pretty hard to prepare against. Well, every year he has, I mean, you prepare against one year. Against one team, you're not preparing. You're not preparing against two years ago. So pretty much, basically, most teams are pretty consistent during the course of their year. Who their key guys are um, and how they play. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's really. Uh, I think from year to year, all programs change somewhat. I mean, we change when people don't see it, but we play different types of zones. We move. Uh, the areas of concern in our zone defense uh, quite a bit from that year to year, game to game. We we emphasize different things with our defense. And offensively, we, we run different types of plays against dif- different teams. So you're always making those adjustments. And then sometimes within a game, you change your defense and, you know, your press or you change how you're playing your, your zone or your man-to-man. And then uh, your offense, you run things, you know, for you might run it for the inside, you might run it for the three-man, the four-man, or uh, the five. You know, uh, one thing with our offense, there's no difference whether you're a – if you're a forward, you can dribble the ball, you can shoot threes if you if you're if you can make them. You know, obviously, if you're not like Marek, stop making threes. So he stopped on his own. We didn't I didn't tell him to stop. But for example, Quincy was never told not to take threes here this year. The whole year, he was told his freshman year when he was shooting sixteen percent, but not this year. And he was never told not to dribble the basketball here. So sometimes things get out there that aren't reality. You know, that, that's not reality. Uh, but you know, that's just the world that we live in right now. That's a good point. I wanted to get to that there. So while we're on the subject there, and Mike even said this at his presser today, Coach, that you know the changing world in college basketball is not why he's stepping aside. The game has changed in his 42 years. It's certainly changed in, in your 45 years as a head coach. But it seems to be changing at ludicrous speed at this point. And, and Quincy's an example of that, in that you have a player that has a certain style in mind that he wants to play perhaps. Maybe that doesn't fit what you want to do overall, and now the transfer portal gives that player and other players that option to go. So how well, is that adjustment prim- going? That's a false premise. He was allowed to dribble here and allowed to shoot threes here, and he would have been next year. So why? So, so what, maybe while, while we're on him specifically. If a player says something, doesn't mean yeah. that's what it is. Right. 
But while we're on him was, specifically, why do you feel like that he he felt like Oregon or where he ended up is Oregon, but another place was well, a better he, opportunity? He doesn't know. Well, he doesn't know that. Nobody knows that. So you get there and see what happens. He was in a good situation. He played 34 minutes a game. He made third team all ACC, you know, which is a pretty competitive league as a sophomore. And, uh, you know, he would have had more opportunities ahead. Whether he thought that we had better three-point shooters here next year uh, or not, I don't know. But he certainly was not going to be limited in dribbling. When he came here, he really couldn't dribble the ball too much. Adrian Coach Autry worked with him extremely hard every day, and he's gotten better. Everybody can see that. And that's what we expect from our program. We expect guys to get better, and he got better. Uh, but it's a false narrative to say he was not going to be able to shoot threes or not going to be able to dribble here. That's just not, that's just not true. Now, he may feel there's a better opportunity someplace else, and that's, that's fine. I mean, this, this isn't new. We've had transfers since I started coaching here. There's going to be more now because it's easier to go and pick a place. You don't have to sit out a year. I'm sure if he had to sit out a year, he would still be here. But, you know, we wouldn't have the guys that we have now. But that's the, you have to adjust to the landscape. That's the change. Uh, guys will leave if they're not, if they feel they're not getting enough shots or if they feel they might not get enough shots, um, then I think you'll lose guys. And yet there's guys that are ready to come in, and in two or two days we, we replaced everybody that we lost. Coach, uh, speaking of adjusting, to, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'd rather not do that, but that's where we live. Right. That's that. That's it. And uh, I, I don't think overall it's good for players, but I, I think some of it is good. I, it's hard. It's it's not. There's no. You can't say 100 percent it's good, and you can't say 100 percent it's bad. There's, there's some really good in here, and there's some stuff that might not be good. Um, there might be three or four hundred kids out there that don't have a place to go when this when the end of summer comes. That's the risk they take, right? Now, you know, it's a big risk, but, you know, that's, there, there could be some, some damage there. But, again, uh, I don't think you can say it's 100% good or 100% bad. There's, it's someplace in the middle. There's some good about it. There's some bad about it. All I right. guess that same approach we'll would go to name, image, and likeness, which is, which is on the way, uh, certainly. Well, you know, I'm all for it. I wish we mm-hmm. would just come out and do it. We need to do it. Right. The NCAA should have never tabled the legislation. They should put it out there. Hopefully by the end of the month they will, because in nine states, kids are going to be able to use that. So we, we can't have our players not be able to use it. So hopefully, uh, you know, there's some hard, there's some sticking points in there. You know, can you deliver a pizza and get paid a thousand dollars for that <laughs> hour exactly. you work? Yeah. You know, I mean, those are things that you know you have to have some reasonable check on, but you don't want to stop it either. And it's hard. This is a very difficult thing. Uh, should a kid be able to do a fifty thousand dollar commercial or a twenty five thousand dollar commercial? I don't know. 
let's just do it and see what happens and try to adjust to it after. Do you think there's a way, Coach, I saw today, for example, the University of Tennessee is going to incorporate it into the into school, like you can minor in entrepreneurism and make it part of, of what you're doing at school in name, image, likeness. Syracuse, obviously, is the, the Falk School, a very good school for yeah. something like that. So it feels like there's where the balance could be if you make it part of your education while you're you're profiting off your name, image, and likeness. Well, there's no problem. There is no academic portion to this, and, I, and, I, and it wouldn't be bad if there could be. But it really comes down to, you know, we'll have to – what if two or three players get a lot of money and the other players don't get any money? What, what do you say – what do I say as a coach to those players? That's a tough do you, spot. Do you, yeah. do you have an answer for me for I, that? I don't because – and the interesting thing is, like, the world is their oyster there. Do you tell them, like, hey, do a better job on your YouTube show? Or, like, what do you do, right? Because well, it's well, all on them, right? Yeah. No, I mean, there's some guys that aren't going to be able to get the commercial or right. not going to get their autograph signed or things like that. And everybody talks about the benefit of college. Well, I just talked to Mark Few. Jalen Suggs put out one of the NFTs this year. Mm-hmm. And he got between forty and fifty thousand dollars for it. Wow. Jalen Johnson, you know, remember the kid at Duke? Sure do. Was the number one player way ahead of ahead of Jalen Suggs. He put out an NFT and got two thousand dollars. So now do you understand the value of going to college? It's what the market bears out there. Yeah. It's it's because Suggs goes to the national championship game and gets that yeah. exposure and, and the combination yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's, oh, Zion, that's Zion what makes Williamson it fascinating. Yeah, Zion Williamson didn't go to the national championship game, but going to college got him a 10 times sneaker deal that he would have gotten out of high school. So ten times. all this, you know, you have enough to, to deal with in terms of balancing playing time and players that want that time and those things you're already dealing with. Now we're dealing with finances, so you add that to the list. You deal with recruiting the G leagues out there, like this, this changing landscape of the sport that the coach Krzyzewski addressed and that, you know, we're discussing right here. It just, right. it just feels like there's so much that's piling on here. And I think a lot of people looked at that and said, well, maybe this is why Roy Williams wanted to walk away. Why Mike Krzyzewski wanted to walk away. So I put that. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that. And Mike said that to be clear. Mike said that's just, not why. Right. Exactly. They just think it's time. And I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, he feels it's time or, you know, that's, uh, you know, everybody gets to that point, you know, some quarterbacks retire at 36, 38. Some are still playing at 43. You know, everything's different. Everybody is different. And the same with coaches. But the bottom line uh, with the NIL, I mean, that will help a little bit. Kids that want to make some money their first, their one year in college or their two, they can make money in college with the NIL. They don't have to go to the G League, you know. And there is still a value from a year's education in college or two. There's still a value in that. We we overlook that. I learned a lot. My first year in college was very beneficial for me, socially and academically. More socially, probably, than academically. Um, so I, I think the NIL will give a little more incentive to the kids that do go to college. They'll be able to, a really good player will be able to make some money in college through the internet, through different things that I don't even, I'm not even that well versed in. 
but from talking to people who know the Internet, you will be able to make money that way. There will be abuses, and, you know, we'll just have to face them when we see them. But there's abuses now in college. That's right. Recruiting. So I think it's a great thing. The only thing I really worry about a little bit is the inequity among on each team with guys getting more money than other guys. Right now, everybody gets a scholarship. Everybody gets, a, you know, money, meal money and cost of attendance. You know, it's more than people think. You know, it's around 1200 bucks a month in college. So you're... You're going to come out with a free education. You're going to have all your most all your expenses paid for with that money. You can do a lot of things with twelve hundred dollars income. And that's not. And if you qualify for a Pell Grant, it's about twenty two hundred dollars a month. So we're doing some things, but the NIL certainly will help kids. They'll make some money, and it's, I'm good. I'm good with it. I'm, I'm happy that they can can do that. You know, we'll see how it all works out. I wish the NCAA would just go ahead and do it, and that Congress wants to get involved later. They'll, it'll take them forever. I mean, they have everything from paying kids half the revenue to what we're talking about, the name, image, and likeness stuff. So, but that's a good thing. Uh, I, I think we need to get that done this summer so kids can benefit from it for next year. Absolutely. But as far as coaching, all these things, there's always things, recruiting things, transfer things. This is always there. But when it comes down to November 1st and you start playing, it's this team getting this team ready to play. And it has nothing to do with transfers, nothing to do with NIL. It's can this team play well enough to win games. And that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed in 40 years. Now, on a different note, Coach, uh... You knew this was coming. With Coach K stepping aside, I know you talked to Donna DeTota a little bit about this today, but what, what's your process in thinking about retirement, especially with a guy like Mike Krzyzewski stepping down, Roy Williams stepping down? Has it made you just think about it more? What What are you feeling now that uh, two of these guys have stepped yeah. down? Yeah, You know, nothing. I mean, that's just life. They, they came to the decision that it was time for them to leave. You know, there's 350 coaches. A bunch of them got fired. A bunch of them quit. And uh, some of them retired. I mean, that happens every year. Uh, but that doesn't affect what I'm doing. You know, I enjoy coaching. Everybody says that I'm coaching to coach my sons. Uh, that has nothing to do with it. Not even one. I mean, I'm happy I have them. They're good players. I'm happy to have them playing for me. And uh, they've proven to be better. Buddy's certainly proven to be better than people think. And I think Jimmy will prove to be uh, better than people think as well. And uh, so, but it's just coaching. You know, I like to coach. I want to coach. I feel good. And I don't have a date in any way, shape, or form in mind. And what the, what happened this year with Mike and Roy has nothing, no effect on me at all. You know, I think sometimes people forget when they're reviewing the last few years that we won the third most games in the ACC in, in the NCAA tournament. Third, you know, that's that's in the last five years. In the last, and since we've been in the since we've been in the ACC, people talk about that we haven't done this, or they kind of generally say we haven't been that good. Well, NCAA tournaments, the bottom line where we're all concerned, we won the third most games since we've been in the ACC. 
that's not bad. You know, as far as the league, people say, well, you haven't won the league. Yeah, that's true. Do you know where we are, where we stand in the league since we joined the league in terms of where we finish in the league? Overall, percentage-wise? or Yeah, where we finish, roughly. There's 15 teams in the league. So I believe it's around fifth, right? Or sixth? Yeah, that's, yeah. Where, yeah. that's where it is. Right. And there's 15 teams. So, you know, it used to be you finished fifth or sixth, nine teams, and you know, that's not very good. There's 15 teams in the ACC. So even though fifth or sixth, I'd like to do better, it's not as bad. Now, you have to look at one other thing. The five teams ahead of us are in the top ten in the country during that same period of time. Virginia, North Carolina, Duke, Florida State. Those four teams are in the top ten or twelve in the country. So you're not in a league where you're behind teams that are not in the top 20. We're behind teams that are in the top ten over those the years we've been in the ACC. I mean, obviously, Carolina, Duke, and Virginia have been, you know, their overall record uh, in terms of the country, they're probably average. They've, they've each won a national championship. They're, Carolina's been to two Final Fours. Uh, those three teams alone have probably been, they're probably averaging in the top five, six in the country for the, since we've been in the ACC. So you're, you're not behind teams that are like 20th. So even though we'd like to be better, the teams ahead of us are top 10 or 12 teams in the country. Jim, one thing that Mike said when he was at his press conference today in his decision-making, and I wonder what you think about this, is, and you mm-hmm. mentioned this to Donna too, the recruiting aspect of it, because you don't want right. to tell a recruit that you're going to be there if you're not going to be there. So when the day comes, you know, sometime, you know, way in the future, in a galaxy far, right. far away. But how much will that factor into your decision, knowing that you don't want to go through the same process, perhaps? Well, every coach that retires or is fired is leaving somebody he recruited. You know. It's going to happen. Bottom yeah. line. I mean, Roy Williams left guys that he recruited. Mike Krzyzewski left guys that he recruited, right? Or will leave guys that he recruited. That's just the way it is. I mean, you don't like to do it, but that—that's what happens. You every year you recruit and stay in your job. You you want to be there. You're you're telling people you're going to be there, but guys get fired every year. You know what? Twenty five, thirty guys got fired this year, so they they're not going to coach the guys they recruited. So, and with the transfer thing being open, that that eases that a little bit. If a kid like North Carolina, Roy, left, most of their kids or a lot of their kids stayed. You know, they stayed at, at, uh, in North Carolina. But had, the kids have the freedom to leave now. But I fully anticipate the coach. And a lot of kids that we're recruiting think they're going to be here one year. You know? So you, you can recruit three or four kids to come in and coach them that first year, and they may think you know, that they're going to go out that year. So that's always part of it, part of coaching, uh, that you might leave somebody, but uh, I don't anticipate it. I anticipate coaching for a while. I don't have any end game in sight uh, at all. 
we've had pretty good success. I think we're we should have more success now. We've gotten through a lot of things that we had to get through, and I think we're in a good position. Uh, what we've done over the last few years is a lot better than people talk about on social media. You know, it kind of sounds like we're finishing 10th or 11th or 12th in the league, which we're not anywhere close to that. And the teams ahead of us are North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, and Florida State. <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. Pretty good programs. They're not, they're not just okay. They're top 10 programs over that same period. But in the fact that you win in the NCAA tournament, you know, everybody talks about, well, we're tired of being a bubble team. Well, are you tired of being in the tournament? <laughs> it's better than not being yeah. in the tournament. It's like the Knicks, <laughs> right? Knicks fans are upset they lost it's, in the playoffs, not that they weren't in the playoffs at this point. Well, number yeah. one, we're in the playoffs, we're in the tournament, and we win in the tournament. Right. If we were a bubble team, we only get in and then we lose right away. Now you got a now you got a case. Well, they weren't really very good. They didn't win any games. Well, we won the most games in the tournament coming off the lower seats of anybody. So, I mean, that's at the end of the day, I would like to do a little better in the regular season, but if we can really do well in the tournament, like this year, it doesn't matter where, you know, people say, well, you weren't ranked all year. We ended up in the top 16 teams in the country, didn't we? Sweet 16, that's correct. So, if our team can end up in the top 16 most every year, I'd be pretty happy with that. Just I was rooting for Just ride it out till March, it seems, right? Now, Co- Coach, last last thing from me here to bring yeah. let's, let's bring it back to Coach K. You have, sure. you have coached with him. You have coached against him. What would you mm-hmm. say is the biggest thing you've learned from him? He's really good with people and understanding what people need. And, um, you know, he's a people, coach, people person. He coaches with... Uh, He's a good X and O guy, very good. Don't sell that short, but he's very good with people and uh, how how to work with people, coaches, how to work with his coaches, how to work with his players, and how to uh, you know really uh, maximize their their talents and their mental. He's uh, he's really the best. Uh, I believe the best mental coach. Uh, that's ever coached. He's, he just understands. And you, I learned that a little bit from college, but really watching him with the Olympic teams and how he handled the LeBrons and all the great players in the NBA who are not always that easy to handle. You know, they're, they've got right. their own agendas and, you know, their own uh, thing. He handled those guys without them knowing they were being handled. That's the way, that's the best way. When you when you can handle people like that, and that, that's what he did, and he does, and he's a, a he's he's the best at that uh, that's that's ever done it, uh, I think at any level in, in any sport, really, he's just really good with the mental aspects of the game, and uh, that's what kind of se- separates him and his organization and and uh, his military background is has uh, been very. Uh, helpful for all that he's accomplished. But that said, I mean, he's built a great program at Duke, and Duke is a great program, and they'll have a great recruiting year this year with a new coach. Guaranteed. Duke is still Duke. They're still going to get players. 
Uh, they got players before Mike Krzyzewski, and they, they're going to get players after Mike Krzyzewski, uh, as will North Carolina. Duke and North Carolina will have great recruiting years this year. And they lost two great coaches, two of the great coaches in college basketball history. But they will have great recruiting years this year. It's just, it's just the way it works. Dave Odom once was, of course, a great coach. And when he was assistant coach of Virginia, we were talking about recruiting. He said, well, i got to get this kid or that kid. And I said, well, what about Duke? He says, I don't worry about Duke and North Carolina. They're going to get players. Right, yeah. <laughs> They're going to get players. Period. And you don't have to think about that. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, that's what's going to happen. And you, when you're in a, a league with them, they're, they're hard to beat. They're, you know, they're going to be hard to beat. You, you know, you can coach and you can do a lot with coaching, but if the other team has better players than you, it's, you're not going to beat them a lot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just not the way it works. Jim, thank like, you. you they really... You don't beat Alabama in football, not just because Nick Saban's a really good coach. Yeah. They get a number one recruiting class every year. Every every <laughs> single year. That's that's something Dino Babers is dealing with with Clemson as well, but uh, we'll see how yeah. that goes. So. Yeah, you're, you're playing against, you know, to beat Clemson like Dino did, and almost really should have beat him twice. The kid made a lucky throw, really, is uh, is unbelievable. I mean, they get, they get the best players, and they, obviously they got great coaches, too. You know, it's hard to overcome that. Uh, players win win games. You know, it's really hard to overcome that, especially in football. You got so many guys. But no, Brett, I didn't want you to worry. You'll have me to talk about, you know, having people calling in for the whole year about where he should retire probably. He should probably retire and, you know, gives, gives people something to call in. It sure does. Well, we're glad you cleared it up, Coach, because as far as I'm concerned, you can stay around as, as long as you'd like. So, I, Thank you. Really appreciate the time. Hope the summer treats you well. Stop by anytime uh, you'd like, but I really appreciate the conversation today, Coach. Thank you. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. See you, sir. That is Jim Beheim, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we will break on that note, react to that a little bit, and uh, keep it going. As, as Jim said, we got to have something to talk about, right? Stay right there.